Welcome. Welcome to the M Lane Podcast. Thank you guys for coming back again for another episode. Uh, as you'll notice, this is a little bit of a different format happening here. Usually the podcast starts with an esoteric, a mysterioso clip on cosmology or psychedelic philosophy. By the way, my name is Orion Coates, Sonny Coates. I'm the creator of the podcast and I'm, I'm an artist based in Los Angeles, California, although I'm in Japan right now doing this. The point is, is that usually these things start with a clip and I have to flip the format a little bit because I haven't been producing these things. Uh, it's been a long break. I don't know how long it's been. And you know, the reason is these things take a while to amass the right kind of quality clips that are compelling, that are satisfying to me. And instead of sitting there waiting for heaven to drop the best clips in my lap, I decided to pause that format and to just myself speak a little bit more, introduce songs, tell stories, give my takes and my, uh, my perspectives on, on life, on reality, just a little bit, and, and speed up the process of producing these podcasts so it's not such an ordeal and a headache and this, uh, this odyssey. So I'd ask that you bear with me, please. I, I hope that you find these entertaining as well. You know, in life, you have to take risks. You have to extend yourself into uncomfortable territory to grow. And so right now, I want to keep the information flowing. I want to keep good music coming to people who support the podcast and to people who are fans. So I'm going to do that by any means. And I guess that means I'm going to have to be your, be your DJ a little bit here and there. There'll be clips. I know people love the clips. But, I mean, listen, I have an, a YouTube channel where if you really want to go deep into some philosophical stuff, I have videos that I produce. It's Orion Coates. I'll, I'll leave a link somewhere. O-R-I-O-N-C-O-A-T-E-S. Orion Coates is my YouTube channel. Uh, but let's let's give this a go. Let's see where this goes, and um, hopefully you enjoy it. So here's some music, and I'll be back shortly. Emerald Lane Podcast Number Twenty Three. Thank you for joining us.
yes, yes. Yes, Solaire. Solaire. John Hassel. Music. You must listen to John Hassel. American avant-garde composer. Uh, started in, in the late 70s and is still active. I discovered him when I was staying in Berlin. I was in Europe last fall for a few months. There's this thing I've been doing where I, I like to travel and place myself into ultra novel situations where I'm just in a foreign country, staying in an apartment in an obscure neighborhood, sitting there every day, drawing, listening to far out music, watching foreign films, going to museums, just getting weird, getting as weird as I can, man. I don't do any drugs. This is my drugs. That's why they call traveling, uh, taking a trip. Trip, trip. So, yeah, I was in Berlin and I discovered John Hassel. I became obsessed. What he calls his music is fourth world music. You, you know the first world, United States, or you know, established countries in the West, uh, big countries. Third world, you've heard of that. Anyway, he, he calls it fourth world music. Like music a, a tribe would be making on another planet in a different alternative reality. And it's, so, it's such beautiful, interesting music. You can put it on and it's just like, have it playing in the background. I don't know, it's intellectually stimulating, it's sexy, it's, it's everything that I want to be a part of, so. Let's see, where can we go here? This is, this is also another song that I discovered when I was, just when I came to Japan, I was in the bathtub listening to uh, a radio station, and this beautiful Art of Noise song came on. I was like, yo, what is that? So exotic and sexy. Oh,
really, is that not a vibe? It's like an electronic rainforest of emotion and, rem and reminiscence, oh, memories. It brings back a lot of memories of my childhood, early 80s, when I was a small child. That's when that type of music was big on the charts. You know, that's a group called Art of Noise, and they had a hit single. It was like number one on the pop charts, instrumental, mind you. In the early 80s, there was this, there was this weird moment where they had these, well, I guess they had instrumental hits before then, and it kind of ended in the early 80s. But the Art of Noise, the group that I just played, they had a song called Moments in Love, which was it's semi in the introduction of the hip hop era. Electronic samplers, synthesizers. It was a very sexy, romantic song. And it was like number one on the charts, pure instrumental. But anyway, I was a small child and I can still remember being in my living room and my mother playing vinyl on a record player, the lights being low, and that weird new frontier of electronic, like computers whispering in your ear with an erotic essence. And I'm sitting there as a small child in the dim light of, of the living room and just feeling all of these strange alien emotions of, of romance, of eroticism, of the future and technology cascading, washing over me. It was a, it was a very memorable time. I can almost taste it on my tongue when I hear songs like that. So, this is, a, this is another song that, that I heard when I was in Berlin. I was at the Computerspiele Museum, which is, it's, it's a German museum that documents the history of video games and early computing. All of the vintage game consoles and video games and the histories. You know, I love stuff like that, so. Great museum. If you're ever in Berlin, go to Computerspiele Museum. They have this area where there's like three or four life-size replicas of early 80s bedrooms or rec rooms, attics, I don't know. Posters of metal bands from the early 80s, late 70s furniture. And you can sit down inside of these boxes and play a video game console, play Pac-Man or uh, what was that other one, Atari or something like that. It's like time traveling, man, strictly with furniture. You gotta go see this thing. It's so weird. I love it. I love it. Man. I love it. Man.
So, three weeks ago or so, I arrived in in Japan, man. I'm in Kyoto, Japan. I'm at breakfast and I see the article come across my iPad about Nipsey Hussle, who was murdered. Uh, a rapper, a businessman in LA, California, murdered by another another black man in a fit of black on black crime in South LA. And, you know, it hits home for me. It really bothered me because I was born and raised in Los Angeles. I'm, uh, I was raised in the in a black community, a person of color, mixed race, however you want to call it. And, you know, it really, I've seen it happen a thousand times. Tupac, Biggie, friends, acquaintances, family. Black on black crime, it's happening all around the nation, nonstop, endlessly. And you start to get bummed out because you just don't see a way out of it. And you just, it's kind of like the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. It's just this perennial conflict that goes on indefinitely, infinitely. You know, I'm in Japan and I'm looking around. You know, travel is, travel is an interesting thing. It changes your mind and you get to look outside of your box at how other cultures are living. And I was reading this article to describe the Japanese culture because I'm walking around, you know, the streets are clean here. There is no crime, there's no graffiti. You're not constantly looking over your shoulder living in an ambiance of complete paranoia like I do back in the States. But I, I, I'm trying to understand the Japanese mindset and I came across this article about the culture. So I'm going to read a little bit of this. It says, to understand the Japanese way, you have to understand a few concepts that are deeply rooted into the culture. The samurai adhere to a way of life, ethics, rules, and a code that spread to all branches of society and even today affects the way the Japanese think. Buddhism taught them to stay calm and patient. Confucianism taught them that relationships between people are the basis of society, to respect our ancestors, relatives, and superiors. Loyalty, justice, and honor are central. Sincerity, compassion, Courtesy and honesty are very important key values. Though the samurai no longer exist, this way of viewing life is ever present in society. Students are loyal to their teachers. Workers are loyal to their companies. Japanese are loyal, honest, sincere, and disciplined at work. They follow rules and try to improve themselves every day. Anyway, the point is, I'm in this culture, man, and I'm thinking about the culture back home, specifically in the black culture, which by comparison is informed not by samurai or Buddhism, but it's informed by hip hop and materialism. And there's no blame because we all know the genesis that created the modern black community, the culture, which is Number one, slavery, Jim Crow, civil rights, the disadvantages and the weight that hold back the black community and created this monster. Not that it's a monster, but, but created the disadvantages. 
I'm just saying, man, we got to prioritize seeking solutions. I don't see a way out of it. I don't have all the answers. But all of us who mourn Nipsey, Hustle, Tupac, Biggie, I'm sure all friends, all the people in Chicago, Washington, D.C., Miami, endless, all the black communities in the States, all of us who mourn and then go back to listening to modern murder music, nihilistic, negative messages. The math just doesn't add up. And we gotta really take a strong look at the culture and, and try to be responsible and to somehow right the ship. I don't know how, but this is, I'm tired of seeing people die. I've been seeing it happen since I was a little boy. And it's, it's total insanity. It's a labyrinth that I can't see my way out of. Anyway, I just want to get that off my chest. It, and it's pertinent because I'm leading into a song that talks about this. It was produced by Dr. Dre in 1990. It's called We're All in the Same Gang. Check the lyrics. It's a bunch of California rappers who felt compelled to come together and shine a light on black on black crime and try to create a song that would inspire the black community to stop the killing and to, to think about the situation that we found ourselves in. So check the lyrics. It's still as pertinent today as it was in 1990. It's the same thing that just happened in Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle by the way, Tupac. Round and round and round and round. Keep the lyrics. Keep the lyrics. Keep the lyrics. It's straight up madness everywhere I look. Used to be a straight A student. Now it's a crook robbing people just to smoke and shoot up. Used to have a crook cut. Now he's a poop butt. Dropped out of school and he joins the neighborhood gang. Hanging on the street selling cane. Two of his own people. Now when I say people, I mean color. You a stupid motherfucker. I'm trying to stress the fact that you're dumb Get yourself presentable, son, and just come Together you're better, cause pretty soon it's gonna be too late A message from King T the Great Sister, since we are the mothers of this earth It's time we start being good mothers from the birth Of our children, no time for sleeping Teach them to fight and win For the right reason, it's your time, it's your life living Proud to be black, young, and gifted Lifted by the knowledge and taking the right route Gang violence needs to be wiped out Should be a positive thing Body and soul and you We're in the same game One in the same Everyone came in the same chains Caught with the same aim Brain games and names change To protect the innocent Bystander Lot slander And a master planner Destroyed the black male Crack jail And semi-automatic and static if the crack fails So since we all talk The same slang Stop killing my brother Cause we're all from the same game Don't you know we got to Put our heads together Make the change Cause we're all in the same game I used to get my bang on And on the app get my part-time slang on Point of time for me was no joke though They knew I was crazy so they labeled me loco Had these please gone out feeling sporty Low riding and tossing up a 40 Thinking in my mind that no one can handle us <laughs> 
the Dallas brothers never touched Los Angeles. I found life was much more suitable. Cause I'm the brother that makes black so beautiful. I ain't slipping or down with a extra. I'm talking to all the blush and all the crimps. Throw down your rag and get on the right track, man. It's time to fight tonight and be a black man. Tone locus on a positive change. Cause remember, we all in the same game. Being the pimps that we are. We're here to speak of a situation that is going too far. Here at home, it's the ghettos of L.A. Where a young black girl is not promised to see the next day. Cause we used to come from the streets before we made beef. But fools just lay and pray on the weed. It don't depend on the color of a rag. Cause if you got what they want, you know they're gonna take what you Cause have. violence can only revolve from drugs and thugs and gangs that bang most times. It's a political thing. Yeah, a couple of spots are getting popped. And if the government wants the fizzy, they can all get stopped. But they don't. Because they want it like that Because the system is set up to hold us back Yeah, a brother law means that we can do whatever So why don't we stick together? Ice T, ripping the microphone the way I do Listen close, my brothers, cause I'm talking to you The problem is we got a suicidal lifestyle Cause 90% of us are living foul and wild I say job, culture, you say bad joke I'd rather jack another brother Culture, you'll, he you'll hear me reference the word culture endlessly Constantly, 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 I'm obsessed with culture. I think I'd be a sociologist in in another life, whatever a sociologist does. Maybe I don't, uh, writing books or something. Culture as an operating system, like iOS or Android, that is our culture. It's, a, it's an agreed way of behavior, a code that everyone follows. You know what's interesting? I think I wanted to tell a story. That's what I wanted to do. Coming off that last track, coming off the Nipsey Hustle, black on black crime, commentary, tangent. I remember before gangster rap, the culture was complete black nationalistic consciousness. It was cool to be smart, honest, educated, Dependable, all of these things were were treasured in hip hop. In hip hop, in hip hop. Mind you, I know it's hard to it's hard for people to who weren't there to to wrap their head around. There was a time in like 1990, 1989, where it was in in vogue. It was fashionable to wear African medallions, and if you were a rapper coming out of that time, you couldn't get in the game unless you were a conscious positive influence it just wouldn't work because the culture was all about consciousness if you were, were representing anything below that you'd be rejected outright by everyone in the culture and i remember in seventh grade going to school dances the kids in the gymnasium forming six or seven tribal dance circles while the music that was playing was Basically te teaching African history, African-American civil rights history, as we were dancing together and talking and wearing African medallions. I mean, it's, for me to think about it now, it sounds completely impossible. Like it's something that could never happen again. Standing where we are in the culture, how things have become so, how would you describe uh, a dystopian, it's like a dystopian, ultra-negative, detached, psychopathic kind of culture. That, at least when I listen to it, that's what I hear. But, so it seems impo it's impossible to think back of, upon a time when all of the rappers were 
kicking extreme positivity and upliftment. But there was a time, and that was the culture. That was the operating system. Culture as an operating system. I remember my friends, when we would hear the word thug, or when someone would come up and be like, yo, man, my cousin, he's a thug. It was basically, if you were a thug, you were like a leper. You were completely, no one would associate with you. People would like avoid you like the plague. You you essentially were a villain sulking on the sides like 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 a bum in tattered clothing. No one wanted any part of being a thug. And of course, that, that all changed. Once N.W.A. came out and gangster rap, Tupac made it very popular and in vogue to be a thug because a thug was essentially a powerful character. Just some thoughts rattling around my head I wanted to throw out there. Let's move on into something positive. This is a group I came across called the Seahawks. And I believe this is called Rainbow or Double Rainbow or something like that. Pretty trippy, interesting music.
Yo, speaking of culture, I'm in Japan, and shout out to my brother Alan Algy, who moved out here to Kyoto, invited me out, I don't know, three or four years ago, when I was afraid to try. I would never, ever travel to Asia. I was so in my box. It was just, I would go to Europe, go to France, and then that's it, man. I ain't going to no Asia, I ain't going nowhere, I ain't going to go to Africa. You know, it's just like the idea in my head, being an American who had never really traveled until I was in my 30s. And, you know, I just, it was like, yo, relax, I'm not going to Asia. Anyway, shout out Alan Algy. And, yo, I know I was talking earlier about the Japanese as having a superior culture, and they do have a superior culture. You know, Japan is the number three economy in the world, okay? Japan, think of all the countries, right? United States, China, Japan. I mean, there are many other countries that you would think would have a, a you know, a, a bigger economy or whatever, but these, you know, there's some hardworking, industrious people. Japan is the size of Italy. It's a little island and they're kicking ass, dude, there all in, in a harmonious wavelength and they're moving in the right direction together. But this place is not a complete utopia. You know, there's no graffiti. I'm not looking over my shoulder. You can, you know, you can ride your bike around here and leave bags and personal belongings in the basket and no one will take them. I, once I was, I was, I was, went to go have a drink and I left my iPhone on a little cell phone holder on the front of my rental bike for like 30 minutes in a crowded area. The new iPhone 10, this is like last year. And I'm sitting there having whiskey in this bar and I realize like 30 minutes in, like, yo, oh my God, my, my phone. You know how it is these days. You, they, it's like I, like I tell people, you have these kind of attacks when you realize your phone's not in your pocket where it is and you kind of freak out, you have this heart palpitation and you realize, oh, it's in, it's in your back pocket. That's a new, th- a new phenomena that's happening more and more where you freak out, Wait, where's my phone? Oh, it's, it's sitting on the passenger seat. Anyway, I, I am like, oh my God, I don't have my phone. It's, and I, I see the vision, I see it in my head. I left it on the bike in the middle of this crowded area. I'm talking about hundreds of people in a bar district. And I, I sprint out of the bar. I run to this bike. It's like five minutes away. I know, I know my phone's gone. And I, and I got got, I made a stupid move, and I finally got my phone taken. I get there, the phone's still on the bike. I've, I, I have been walking down the street on Sunday mornings in districts that, where there are clubs, you know, from the night before. And I've seen people just left people's cell phones and wallets like on the ground, like, hey, you drop this, it's here, come back and get it. So it's a great, it's a great place to visit. It's very pleasant and safe, but it's not perfect. This is one story that I experienced. Uh, I, I joined a gym out here, there's a gold gym that I joined because <laughs> I lift weights, not like a, you know, like Schwarzenegger or anything like that. But, I, you know, I kind of have like a jogger's body. 
I'm slim and wiry and I just lift weights to maintain, just maintain ligament strength and so I can lift things and, you know, don't become like a, a, a limp noodle out here. So I, I joined Gold's Gym when I first get here. <laughs> it's crazy in there because not only is the, they play like trap music, like so loud that you can barely hear yourself think. And it's like louder than any gym I've come across in the States. It's, uh, it's driving me insane. Like next month, there's no way I'm going to go back there. But they also have this weird custom. You know, the, the, the Japanese are super clean. And, you know, when you come into houses, you got to take your shoes off. I've gone to museum exhibitions where I had to take my shoes off. And I'm walking around the exhibition with my shoes in a, in a plastic bag. Like, so there's a, there's a, there is a rule that at the gyms, you know, when you're home, you walk into the gym with your Nikes on and you start lifting weights. You get on the elliptical, whatever you do, you start, you start exercising. In Japan, in your backpack, you got to bring a whole other set of shoes, a dedicated pair of shoes for the inside of the gym. So you wear your Nikes there, you register, you get your locker, you take off those Nikes that you were wearing on the street, put them in a tray in the locker, then take out your fresh gym Nikes that you wear only in the gym, take those out, walk outside, put those on, and you can wear those fresh kicks inside of the fucking gym, dude. And when they told me this, I was like, I almost had a fit. Like, what are you talking about? No, I had to leave. I was pissed off, but hey, you know, when you go and visit a place, I'm in their culture, I am in their country, and I had to go and buy a new pair of Nikes dedicated for the inside of the weight room and that's just how it is you know i'm when in rome you have to do as the romans do so you know the culture ain't perfect is my point you know it's a lot of there's some uptight artifacts in the culture but listen i highly recommend coming to japan travel get outside of your box leave your culture Go into the ambiance of a new culture. Grow. Open your mind. You got one shot at this. Tomorrow's not promised. Get out there. See the world. It's a big world, man. You know? That's my message of this rant. I just came on. Thank you.
found it on Doing It in Lagos, Boogie Poppin' Disco, some African compilation, some African funk from the early 80s. It's a swagged out joint right there. So here we are, the end of the podcast. Uh, I know it's been, it's been mad long, probably like a year or something like that, but I promise I'm going to be putting them out regularly now that I have this new format where I can just speak. I don't have to find the most mind-blowing clips of, of uh, cosmology, and it's very difficult finding those clips for anyone who's listened to previous podcasts. You know, if I, if I come across something, I'll definitely put it down, and I'll try. I will aspire to that kind of quality product, but listen, the more I can just be free with this, the more I can put them out, and you know... Things evolve as you're working and as you're creating. A format evolves. I'll get more reps. I'll get better on the mic. You know, you got to be active in working and creating things in order for, you know, progress to happen. That's just how the universe works. You're like a magnet. You're out there working, hustling hard, and then things just gravitate, get, get pulled to you. So that's... That's how we're going to do it from now on. Thank you for listening. My name is Orion Coates, Sonny Coates. Please go to the website, em-lane.com, M-Lane. There are videos on the YouTube channel, Orion Coates YouTube. That's like philosophy where I'm talking. I've said it, this is the fourth time I'm saying it now. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you very soon, like in a couple of weeks with another podcast. End of line.